There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Um, what about Snapchat? Yes. <laughs> Radio Motherboard is brought to you by Casper. Sleep is a pain in the ass, but you shouldn't have your mattress to blame. Try Casper. It's one perfect mattress made in the USA just for you, with free shipping, free returns, and a whole 100 nights to try it out. Yeah, that's right. You can actually take this thing for 100 test sleeps to decide if you love it. Check it out at casper.com and make sure you use code VICE. That's V-I-C-E for $50 off any mattress. So last week, a bunch of us at Motherboard were kind of giggling over this story that was published by the BBC as part of its teen section. The story was explaining how the website reddit.com works, and it was pretty basic, so we thought it was kind of funny because Reddit is so huge now, it's hard to imagine people not knowing how it works. Um, but actually, even though Reddit is hugely influential and has been for a long time, I remember people talking about it being influential in the last presidential election. Um, there are still people who sort of don't know what it is or basically never come across it. So we decided it would be interesting to do a survey of just people on the street in Brooklyn to see if they have heard of Reddit and some of these other social media sites or apps that are supposedly going to be important in the upcoming election. That was Adrian Jeffries, our managing editor. You may remember her from previous podcasts. And now we'll get into the meat of this thing. Have you heard of reddit.com and do you know what it is? It's a like a forum people post everything and anything on there. <laughs> what is it called? Reddit. Yeah, vaguely I've heard about it, internet site. I've, I've dabbled a little bit on Reddit, but not like I'm not like a huge follower, but yeah, I'm familiar with it. Um I think it's content sharing stuff. Um, where do you expect you'll be getting your information about the election? Uh, internet, email. What about social media? Um, very little on Facebook and Twitter. No Snapchat, no Slack, no Reddit? No, not at all. Okay, cool. Do you think that you will get any news about the 2016 election on Reddit? Yeah, probably. I read a lot of political news on NPR. Yeah. It seems to be like the one I, I look at the most. Um, 
uh, read from newspapers, uh, especially online, um, Facebook, friends, etc. I usually read online um, on a news website. What about other social media like Twitter and Facebook, Snapchat? Yeah, I'm sure I'll be bombarded with things there, and I'll have to sift through them and figure out which to look at or which to not look at anymore. Without a doubt, it's something that you're constantly bombarded by on Facebook these days, yeah. Have you ever heard of an app called Slack? No. <laughs> no. Have you ever heard of an app called Slack? I have not, no. I'm not very tech savvy, sorry. Um, have you heard of Snapchat? Yeah, Snapchat's a big one. Um, yes, it's like a private messaging system, kind of disposable or something. No, I didn't see <laughs> No. Hello, welcome to Radio Motherboard. I'm Jason Kebler, and I've got our features editor, Brian Anderson, with us. Hello. And we have two very special guests today. We have Harper Reed. Hi. And Dylan, what is your last name? Richard, or Richard, if you don't want to pronounce it in French. <laughs> and who are you guys? Um, hi, my name is Harper. I um, I guess I'm, I'm here because at one point in time I was the, the CTO for Obama's re-election campaign in 2012. Um, and I have a small company named Modest, um, which represents my personality and my external appearance and um yeah done and uh mostly ditto um i was the director of engineering on the 2012 re-election campaign and uh harper and i started modest right after that what is modest can you tell us um modest is a small we're a small company in chicago and we make uh, software for retailers to sell things on mobile devices it turns out that uh, mobile is actually pretty tricky um, especially when you don't have a lot of technology uh, experience and so or, or resources or staff or anything so we've tried to make it much much easier for retailers to sell things quicker and easier and faster and better on mobile devices um, and yeah so how do you go from being involved in politics to something like this like why why retail we've always done retail but the real answer is you you, just, you go very happily and easily because politics is kind of terrible um, politics there's something someone said to me once which was there's a lot of politics and politics little p politics and I was just like yeah you thought they're making a joke you know you think oh this is funny but turns out that politics is a lot of politics and so running your own company is a lot of fun you get to do what you want more or less without the you know this must be approved by 16 different people and who is this gonna offend and that sort of thing yeah that... it instead just needs to get approved by like the world like yeah. real people <laughs> and I do what I want I suppose if you can convince someone to vote for a politician you can probably convince them to buy like a hoodie maybe is it I mean are you using some of the same uh, types of outreach <laughs> techniques Sort of, uh, but the, the difference is, is is we didn't actually do any convincing of people to, we we just built little softwares that helped people do jobs better. The president did a good job of convincing them. Um, so that doesn't, that analogy doesn't really work, but... Uh, at, we... at the same time, actually, I think it does pretty well, because what we are trying to do with Modest is not, it's not about persuading people to buy stuff that they don't want. Mm -hmm. It's about making it so that uh, if you, if you want to buy something, 
it's actually easy to do that instead of a pain. And that's a, a lot of the same things that we've done in the campaign. It was like, we didn't do a lot of persuasion. We did a lot of like making sure that we get the right things to the right people. Well, you made a platform and that seems to be what you are doing with Modest as well. You're making a platform for Walmart to sell their, you know, flags and t-shirts etc maybe not walmart i have no idea who you work with but it's, mo- it's mostly walmart in their flag department actually it's a really, it was a really really good guess um, i'm actually surprised yeah yeah i, I had a hunch yeah it's our, our our clear flag loving yeah i had just walmart and the confederate flag on my brain for some reason maybe because no one is talking about anything else at this moment we've we've ended racism by removing the confederate flags from a modest. <laughs> well, it's, it's pretty interesting to see how the internet has reacted to this. I've actually found, um, you know, I've been very happy to see that there's been a lot of sar- sarcastic is maybe the wrong word, but maybe cynical tweets about how um, this kind of clicktivism or whatever you'd call it is is so pres- or pervasive amongst like my peers and people who you think and you excited about having actual. Um, you know, good activism and really good interaction with real, like, physical actions. And then they're just like, done. You know, I support not selling this thing. And it's like, well, that's good. Yeah, we all should do that. Like, like people reacting negatively to Apple. You're just like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. This, it just doesn't make any sense. But then it's, at the same time, we have a lot of work to do. It's yeah. Not... Do you think it's, like, an empty gesture to, like, stop selling the Confederate flag at Walmart and on Amazon and on eBay? No, I think it's a good gesture, but I think that that that's like, it's kind of it, that's just the beginning, and it's a very small beginning. And you know, and then the thing is, is like, well, I I obviously won't be buying one, and it's like, well, okay, you obviously weren't going to buy one. Like, it's 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 good, um, but it also I think it just hides a lot of where the actual problems are, and at, makes it takes the attention away from the real issues, which is there's a huge problem in America. And, you know, whether or not a flag is sold is not going to solve that problem. And it may help get us towards there, but we're not addressing the real issues. Right. Yeah. I mean, it seems like such a small thing. And obviously, it's not going to cure racism. Nothing we've tried has done that yet. But at the same time, you have people who are saying like, oh, this is just a big corporation doing whatever. And, you know, you check. Uh, I guess maybe it was Amazon before they started banning it. You know, sales of the Confederate flag were up like 11,000% or something. It's like the Streisand effect. And they're saying you're making the problem worse. But, you know, you may you may be calling attention to it for a week or two. But, you know, down the line it disappears. So, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it, it's interesting. It'll be fun to watch. I've been enjoying, I've been thinking a lot about how social media really um, amplifies all these kind of micro things that happen in our world like before twitter would we really have noticed as much about whether or not a couple corporations chose not to sell something you know for whatever reason or even would they have the corporations themselves would they have had this opportunity to not sell it um which is exciting sometimes other times i feel i feel like i'm i'm part of some like activist uh momentum that I don't understand. I'm just like, I'm so angry about this thing. And you're just like, I'm going to tweet a bunch and retweet and retweet. And then I don't know why, you know, you're just kind of like, okay, fun. Yeah. It seems like, uh, you know, if this happened 15 years ago, maybe Walmart would stop selling a Confederate flag and not tell anyone, or maybe they'd put out a press release and there'd be an article in the newspaper and like 
16 people would read it and maybe talk about it over dinner but they wouldn't it wouldn't be this like topic of constant conversation maybe and and it wouldn't be like who sang what about the confederate flag today you know oh, we, um, thank god for drudge report <laughs> yes thanks drudge so no can, thanks actually can we talk a little bit about the election it's yeah. it's getting started in earnest i guess you know we have this ridiculously crowded field of republican contenders and did you actually dylan did you want to announce no dylan no, is not today he's running not today. oh not later. today it's later for republic yeah oh yeah yeah dylan's gonna be yeah. a republican candidate for president if if they'll have me it's already a pretty crowded field <laughs> yeah so is the republican like winner gonna win with a plurality of like 12 percent because there's 60 people running Probably, but I actually just want to talk about uh, Bobby Jindal's 404 page, which is really good. And when you go to it, it says, this page is not found. Thanks, Obama. That's, I don't get it. I kind of get it, but I don't. That's actually what it says? Yeah. I think it (laughs) really says that. And and it's like, it's such a great kind of inside baseball joke, but also Reddit joke, also et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's fun to have this, this thing happen. I actually think it's, reflective of some of the work that you know the the obama team did in in 2012 of kind of bringing a little bit of that tech world you know you cannot be a candidate these days without acknowledging that the internet exists um and it'll be interesting to see how some of these candidates who've spent their whole careers acting like it doesn't exist um or not their whole careers but the last five years of their careers um deal with that um and so it's you know whether it's reddit whether it's you know reddit has this interesting kind of path of picking strange candidates and being super excited about them um, and then having those candidates explode in some fiery mess of terribleness um, and so it's it'll be interesting to see what happens um, because I do think reddit and the community of reddit is an important thing I also think the community of the internet is important and I think there's other communities that are also besides reddit that are doing interesting stuff and uh, it's fun to watch yeah that's something I wanted you to talk a little bit more about because we just did this fun little ask Harper anything on Twitter and I asked him you know Reddit has gotten really behind Bernie Sanders who is you know sort of this fringe candidate against you know the behemoth that is Hillary Clinton and they love this guy you know there's something on the front page every day about him and they love his issues and at the end of the day that matters but does it matter all that much you know Reddit cares very much about say like the Trans-Pacific Partnership and the NSA but you know those are less of a major national issue than or at least a voting type issue than things such as like abortion and the economy and other single issue voter topics i guess so what what do you think it takes to take someone from like a fringe reddit loved candidate to someone who's like kind of distinctly mainstream i don't i don't know if i have an answer and i'm probably the like i'm I'm, i mean i'm obviously inside of politics some but spent some time there like jail but it was not a it's not a uh i'm not a political i'm not very good at politics um not a talking head. i'm not a talking head although i do have kind of a secret goal to become one i think it'd be fun but um you know i think from what we've seen we've seen a lot of um well i guess you can just look at it more in what we've seen in the past um, candidates start out and they're appealing towards a specific side that they think can get them into or get them the nomination right and so you see someone like even Mitt Romney who is a pretty you know centrist kind of 
solid Republican governor was was saying crazy things about, you know, anti-science, all this that stuff that you're kind of like, I don't think this fits with your previous policies um, to get all of this base, to appeal to this base. Um, and then as the, you know, they get closer to this event horizon of the of the election, they start to normalize out. And so I, I wonder if, you know, Bernie Sanders is just kind of appealing towards this this base that they know is easy. Um, and there's also not a lot, you know, like, I, I haven't been paying much attention, but it seems like there isn't, there's a space for it. Like Hillary isn't there, you know, they, like Hillary isn't making comments about these things. And so anyone could step up and do it. And Bernie Sanders is a reasonable person. So it's kind of like a reasonable person mixed with pretty sensible politics, mixed with an audience that's just looking for something is a pretty, it's a pretty easy equation. Now, will that, you know, will that turn into an actual movement? I think is going to be dependent on fundraising to tell you the truth on whether people are actually willing to give money to you know someone like bernie sanders and hillary has proved to be a very very competent and very good fundraiser and um she's also probably like one of the most inspiring people that we have on the field today like she like she's an amazing human who's done amazing things and so speaking to her you're just you're very much inspired so she has that going for her um I don't know. I don't know what happens. I'm not. I'm not really certain. But it'll be fun to watch. And it, I think my challenge for Reddit is how does Reddit do offline? Because they've done online very well. Um, but I don't necessarily see Reddit transitioning to the offline world in a way that is meaningful. I see them. I see them. You know, <laughs> being kind of a terrible place on the internet, um, which is not necessarily the best path forward. But we'll. See, I don't. We'll see. I mean, it's. I think it has 100% to do with their offline participation, not what they like online. So I, I think it's it's more than just how does Reddit do offline, but more to the point, how does Bernie Sanders do offline? Like it, in terms of how do you go from just appealing to this online community that's very vocal and very uh, feedback loopish, um, how do you go from that to something that's actually a real movement? Um, I don't know what the step is for that, but it, it involves reaching beyond just online discussion and actually going out and getting you know, knocking on doors, getting people excited, getting people in, in the end to one donate money, volunteer, and then vote. Um, and I, I don't think that it's uh, just because it uh, starts on Reddit doesn't mean that it has to end there. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of the sort of uh, uh, populist uh, ideals that uh, not, not in like the uh, like socialist populist, but like you know, look at all of these small people banding together wanting to, to be a part of this that that we see through the the reddit stuff but i think that there's some of that that can then bleed out to actual real world participation of of bringing a bunch of small like-minded people together um and sort of banding around issues that aren't being addressed anywhere else right and this is sort of what you guys did on the on the campaign right i mean it's taking sort of online activism and trying to put it put a face on it and get people to vote and get people to donate money, right? Is that oversimplification? Um, I think it is actually, it's not oversimplification. I just think it's, it's not correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I mean by that is, is, is there's a narrative that came off of the 2012 campaign that we did all this amazing things on the internet and then it was this really great opportunity where we activated the internet to do whatever, vote for the president. But actually, it wasn't really the internet that did any of this. This was all 
kind of normal anarchistic knocking on doors getting people to go vote very much field um, very much finance raising money like all of the stuff that campaigns have been doing for a hundred years is all we did with technology is just make that faster and better it wasn't so much yeah, or, or really use online stuff to underscore the things that were happening in the in the real world with the real world knocking on doors um so like it was it was not about how do we knock on doors online it was how do i get brian who is online to go outside and knock on doors using right, some right. tool and then how do i follow up after i have knocked on his door how do i follow up with him online to make sure that he's continuing to be connected and you know give him the next thing to be able to do from there and this is this was this is actually kind of fun um i like thinking about this because it's it's uh it's not solved so there like i don't think there has yet been a campaign that has figured out how to do um digital organizing hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com completely online um, we did a lot of neat stuff. I mean, like the president's ask me anything was amazing. Um, there's a whole boatload of stuff that we did um, to get people involved. We had a very neat geolocal um, social network that we built, like all sorts of cool stuff. But all it did was try and get people to go offline. Um, that was it. So like it's and the hard things are still hard. Getting people to register to vote is still hard. Um, making sure people vote, literally just reminding people to vote is still hard. Getting them to go to the polls is still hard. And all of this hard stuff is offline. You know? And so we did a lot of things with using technology. Like we sent you know, a couple million SMS messages um, on election day to remind people to go vote. Things like that, you know, which uses a lot of technology. But I wouldn't say that it was online organizing or even uh, almost not even an online tool. You know, we did Facebook, a lot of Facebook messages and a lot of Twitter DMs. And most of those were just like, leave your house and go vote. You know, remember, go vote, go vote, go vote, go vote. And it's, they call it GOTV, get out the vote. Um, it's four days and it's bananas because everything is focused on just reminding Democrats to go vote because for some reason we forget. Which it blows my mind that like literally that is that is the part that makes or breaks an election is, is GOTV. Like it is literally making sure that you go and get people to actually commit to going and doing it, which... It's uh, it's ridiculous that in a democracy, full stop, but a democracy of our size, of our length, like why why do we have to remind people to vote, and then we're we're happy if we get like forty percent turnout. Right. Yeah. That's like perfect. That's like not perfect. It's a good turnout. <laughs> it's a good considered a good turnout. Yeah. I mean, it's it sounds like the TLDR, if you will, is just bringing online offline, right? It's, it's, I think it's, it's definitely bringing online offline. That's what we need to do. But it's also about, you know, technology is a, you know, our, my boss was this guy, Michael Slavy. He used to say a lot, he probably still does, that technology should be a force multiplier. It should make that volunteer or that person who's working and volunteering for 60 hours a week, it should turn their hours into 100 hours a week without them having to do more. Um, it should make every kind of contribution that someone makes. If it's, 
they give a dollar, technology should make that dollar worth $10. It's all about augmenting and growing and being that force multiplier. Um, so it's not so, it's hard, this is a hard concept because oftentimes when we think about technology, we think of things like Uber, where technology made this way better, like way, way, just amazing. And, or you think of, you know, this, this kind of disruptive technology, um, but we still have the main problem, which is it's still hard to get people to vote. So even if it was just turning online, turn, making online offline, you still have this problem, which is, which is almost more about an alarm clock uh, or like an event reminder than it is about, you know, social or activism or getting people together. And um, which makes, you know, when you break it down that much, it's kind of boring, right? It's not, you're kind of like, oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> I guess notifications yeah just yeah. send an alert to you Apple watch um, but it's but it's at the same time um, the outcome is so important and so it's you couple this kind of boring standard technology with the fact that you will be doing some really interesting stuff so I, I imagine you know I don't know much about the teams that these that the candidates have but I'm guessing just based on what I've read in the news you know about the people that they've hired from Google etc Hillary's campaign that they're gonna be doing some really neat stuff you know, and I'm guessing that whoever, you know, the candidate on the Republican side ends up hiring, that they'll also be doing some really neat stuff that'll push, hopefully push the kind of expectations forward in the same way that hopefully we push some of the expectations forward in 2012. Um, but I keep thinking that that's the media narrative, that we're going to be doing this really neat stuff. Like, what is your Snapchat plan? And it's like, really, the Snapchat plan is just to get more people to vote. Like, how do you get more people to vote? And, and then you still go back to that four days of just making sure every single person votes. And it's all about that. And people often think that we're talking about persuasion. Um, that's something that, like I think a lot of people think politics is about or a campaign is about persuading. Like if Dylan was a Republican, I, he's going to see some ad and he's going to be like, oh, I'm now a Democrat. I've like, seen the light. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and it actually turns out that it's literally just about getting people to vote. There's no persuasion. Um, and... That's not the same in other countries. Other countries, persuasion is a huge part of it. But in the U.S., it's just about turnout, um, which means that the technology is actually, you can just look at it and you can say, is per this getting... Particularly on the Democrat side. Uh, particularly on the Democrat side, for sure. On, sometimes on the Republican side, it seems that the turn the, the, it's about non-turnout, like making sure people don't vote, um, which is weird. Uh, because you'd, you'd think that in a democracy we would all think you know equal access to voting is something that is everyone should want it just happens to side with the democrats more right now you just mentioned snapchat which you know is is very interesting the republicans are especially talking about like what's your snapchat strategy and i think that you know in 2011 2012 everyone was on twitter everyone had a smartphone everyone was on, was on facebook you pioneered some of these techniques to get out the vote you know, it's now three, four years later. Things aren't all that different technologically, at least obviously. So I was wondering what you think has maybe changed since then. I mean, uh, one thing I was wondering about is maybe we have a lot more personalized data about people so you can target them a little bit better. But beyond that, I can't really think of what's different besides maybe like Snapchat. This is, this is actually, I think this is not just in politics. I think this is when you look at the difference of the world between 2008 and 2012, in 2008, Android as a platform had just launched. I think you could just buy the first Android phone like a week before election day. Um, the iPhone had just started using apps. Facebook pages were just invented. Twitter was used only by hippies and a few other kind of, you know, things. In 2012, 
my mother was using 100% of that technology daily. Um, and then you look at 2016 and there hasn't been much new stuff, like you said, but the world's changed though in that more people have access to the internet, um, more people have access to the software that powers kind of, that, that's on top of that stuff. So even though Twitter kind of stayed the same and Facebook has stayed largely the same, um, not just targeting, but also um, there's more walled gardens to deal with. So there's now WhatsApp, there's now Instagram, there's now you know Snapchat, there's all these different walled gardens. And so it's, it seemed to have turned more into how do you have multiple strategies that, um, or multiple channels we can call them. So you just have this, like, someone who's good at social now needs to understand not just Twitter and Facebook, which is basically what we did. It, now they have to understand what is Insta what's happening on Instagram, Tumblr, um, you know, Snapchat, what's the new, what is after Tumblr? Tumblr, I keep hearing Tumblr is dying. So it's like, what is the next Tumblr? You know, like being on the edge of that, because if it's invented now and one campaign does it really good, the other campaigns will all be like, what is happening? Um, I'm actually very interested in what happens with the messaging apps. So, you know, there's a, there's a handful of big ones. They're used by different um, constituencies in the US. So for instance, WeChat is used amongst a lot of Chinese. Um, WhatsApp is used by everyone. Um, you know, Snapchat is used by a lot of young people, like all these messaging apps, but each of them are such an aggressive walled garden that participating in them is not as easy as just writing you know, the, the Twitter API and interacting with it that way. It's not, and so someone who's very clever is going to do very well with that stuff. And it's going to be very cool. Or many people. I mean, or many people, I, yeah. I think that the, uh, the, the thing is that as we add more channels, uh, having sort of one person that knows how to do social becomes a thing of the past. And it becomes like, you know, finding somebody that can represent the candidate on that channel in a way that is native to that channel and true to the candidate becomes something that, that people need to find. We just saw a really neat app um, that actually uses some modest stuff called Rome Future. It's the Rome Future app. The artist he has an app. And um, it allows you to chat directly with the artist, which is crazy. And it gives this idea where so many people are familiar with the chat context where you're like, oh, I'm just, you know, I have my blue messages and I'm just sending messages to someone. And it's like that kind of interaction. I think we're going to see more and more, not just with live chat for customer support. You have companies like Operator, which are doing this. Get Magic now is another one, which is you know using chat for commerce. Um, but it's 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 really interesting this idea of like, what if I could have a direct line to someone at a campaign to ask ask a question? Like I just I just want to know what the you know what the candidates' perspective on guns are, and I could just ask this question and get a real answer very quickly from someone that maybe. Maybe it's not directly the candidate, but like Dylan was talking about, it's someone that I believe represents the candidate in such a way where I can believe. Um, and that's very interesting. Right. Which is hilariously also exactly what happens when someone knocks on your door campaigning for a candidate. Um, so it's like, you know, when when we talked kind of flippantly about it not being a, about technology earlier, it's like there are ways that technology can can sort of mimic some of the stuff that, that we see works well. Um, but it's all about taking those things that, that have worked and continue to work and making them more efficient. You mentioned very quickly on Twitter also, thanks Twitter for giving me half the questions of this podcast, but you mentioned that Slack may play a role coming up as well. And I was interested in what fashion that could happen. Well, in, in 2012, we used Campfire, 
which I think a lot of people use as their, their kind of internal chat. And um, it was a huge success because it allowed a lot of real-time, um, just real-time interaction, real-time, just you could really communicate about anything very quickly without having any barriers. So it's, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to say it without just thinking about like the Slack uh, taglines, right? Because they just, they, what they did is they took all of the best of breed ideas, all of the things that people were doing with Campfire, all the things people had done with IRC, and they rolled it into a very nice um, interface that's reasonably priced um, and works very well. And so um, you could use IRC or you could use Campfire or whatever. It doesn't matter what you're using. What the point is, is that before how it worked was you sat in your office and I sent an email to Brian and I said, Brian, you know, have you, what about, what about that project? And then Brian and Dylan would maybe talk about it over email and hours could go by where instead I could just, now I just ask that question and instantly the answer is there because the people who are part of that program are all in the same place. Um, and it's, it doesn't matter what the technology is. It just is that we found that to be very valuable. And I think that the campaigns going forward will also find that very valuable. Um, it allows people to react very quickly. There's this group inside of a campaign that's often called rapid response. And a lot of that is about communication internally to figure out what you're responding to rapidly. And all campaigns, all technology, all companies are really just about that rapid response. Like something is broken. How do we fix it very quickly? And having pure communication um, will help. There's also a lot of over communication and there's a lot of over notification and over stimulation that happens. So hopefully that doesn't kill a campaign, but uh, I think Slack does a pretty good job. Um, but you know, technology doesn't matter. We chose Slack at Modest, we love it. Um, and I'm pretty sure that some campaigns are choosing Slack. They'd have to be, I don't think. Yeah, I don't, they don't really have an option at this point. I mean, point. <laughs> you could use HipChat like some people I know, um, but you know, only, I guess, if you can't afford Slack, that's what you do. <laughs> Um, the, the thing about Slack and re really uh, any of these things is uh, going back to what Harper was saying earlier about it really just being a force multiplier is that it's like, it's not going to change the way that people do social or anything like that. It's not going to be externally facing in any way. Um, or it could be, you know, how hilarious would that be if it was just like, yeah, and now we'll just invite everybody to this guest channel, mm -hmm. um, which maybe, uh, but uh, really, strategy. yeah, yeah. Uh, I own that. Somebody, uh, yeah, patent pending. Um, but uh, really, just allowing the the people that are you know trying to communicate, trying to get those things uh, uh, clear sooner, are going to be able to do that more effectively. But it's, I mean, it's tricky. And I, I you use what works with your team. Um, you know, we tried Campfire, then IRC, and then we know the Slack team. So we tried early, early version of Slack, and it was awesome but it just solved the problem we needed. We have a lot of friends that use IRC, for instance, which obviously is a very old technology, and they love it. It does exactly the same thing that Slack does. You know, so you use what, what works, and it's, and I, but I think the, the, the result is this pure communication, which is, which is awesome. And so when I say I think Slack will, could have an impact, I think it's if the entire campaign uses it. Um, because what chat has done for me and my team is kind of stop email. So if I see, an email from one of my teammates, I know something interesting is happening because they never send email to me. Um, it usually means mm -hmm. they're going on vacation or hopefully, um, you know, something good. But it's, it's, um, but that's because I don't ever receive email. Um, and so 
If I think about all the time I spent reading email on a campaign and how awesome it would have been just to have that information in a more um, you know, browsable, interactive format instead of waiting for an email or, or having to just read a thousand emails, um, I think a lot of time would have been saved. And so to see that, that could be really cool. It's funny because uh, an email for me would actually work. <laughs> like if, if, um, if I got more notifications like we're going back to like more notifications telling me this is when and where i need to go to vote it's tricky because i am actually not registered to vote in new york state um i'm still registered to vote in chicago which is where i'm from so um i guess i have to decide if i'm gonna register here or vote absentee again which can be really tricky um but I'm leaning towards absentee, and I think that's a whole other discussion, how absentee voting is changing um, in this backdrop with all of these um, different tools coming to play. But I think to reach to reach me, I just need more more notifications, but I guess that's that's the question. It's quite I mean it's I think it's that's what happens with everyone, and I what my worry is kind of that we're starting to live in a world of just notifications. Like when you need a watch so you can have two screens to have notifications to manage your life, I think we're all in a bad spot. Um, mm -hmm. I would prefer less notifications, but I just don't see that happening. I think what happens is you just start ignoring things, and then you have to have louder and louder notifications. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. I guess to rephrase it, like more of the right notifications at the yeah. right time. Yeah. yeah. So I guess expect our Snapchat <laughs> directly to you, Brian. Yeah, when Dylan, when you announce your presidential yeah. bid this afternoon, we'll yeah. hear all about that. Wasn't, did, I didn't see it, but did, did Bobby Jindal's campaign, he announced through hidden cameras? I, I saw something about that. Yeah, he was caught by hidden cameras, like discussing a run or something, and then that was leaked, I think. Yeah, he was talking with his children in his backyard, I think. But and was it his hidden drones, cameras? Drone hidden cameras. No, I have no idea. But yes, like ostensibly, it probably was a like stunt. That is super weird. Yeah, not necessarily the message you want to send. Like... I'm surveilling you <laughs> at all times. Also, I can't control the data. It's a good combo. Vote for me. <laughs> Vote for me. Confidence. Well, how about this like spate of candidates who have like not purchased all the domain names necessary, you know, to run a campaign? I love it. It's I great. love it. So I I actually think it's so. First of all, some of the criticism I think is unfair yeah, because some of it is like uh, like there was a great one which was uh, I think it was uh, who was it maybe Rubio launched and everyone was like look at this clown his his ssl cert has is is, is exposing all these other domains when they, that just means they don't understand sans certs like it's like a technology that allows multiple domains to be on one, one ssl cert it's like a feature not a bug um and so but but that then becomes a huge narrative about how rubio doesn't understand internet security and obviously he can't be present um and so some of it is totally fake um and some of it is totally real um, like when you can't like what are, there's a bunch where you're just like please just register the domains or like what was the Bobby Jindal one recently which was a wildcard uh, DNS so yeah. you could actually the domain 
don't period vote period for period bobbyjindle.com right resolve to bobbyjindle.com and so like which on one hand is great on the other hand super easy not to have that problem right. um and so it's a lot of that where it's it's just tricky like this is a hard this is a hard problem to solve because there's so many edge cases um but you can you can do it by just being a little more deliberate i think on technology but yeah, on the other end of the spectrum, there's like Michael Bloomberg bought like Michael Bloomberg is a shithead dot NYC. And if you're buying all those, it's like, okay, it's like too much. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I believe we are all out of time. Um, thank you guys so much for coming. This was very fun for me, at least. Hopefully it was okay for you. Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> Good times. Thanks, Dylan. And thank you, Brian. Thanks, guys. And we will see you next week. All right. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 